Hi, I'm John. And I'm Paul. And this is the Minute Podcast. If you give a mouse a cookie, I'm pretty sure he'd write a book. But give us 60 seconds of footage and we'll tell you where to look. With a concept this simplistic, it's hard to say if it'll last. But give us just a minute and we'll give you a podcast. The Minute Podcast. Great, thanks for joining us again. As you probably know by now, the Minute Podcast is a weekly conversation between me and John where we review and discuss a listener-submitted minute of content from TV or movies or, like this week, something else. I don't know what this is from. But John, what what are we looking at this week? Uh, This week we're watching uh, a clip uh, sent to us by Garrett uh, called Common Rider Decade War Opening. Now, it technically says Carmen Rider Decade War Opening, but I like I know enough about this show, which I guess we'll get into later, to know that it is Common Rider. I'm not really I guess like to throw oh. off the YouTube police. It's called Carmen Rider Decade War Opening. That's definitely possible. Oh, and by the way, this uh, week's episode is brought to you by Pumpkin Donuts. America runs on pumpkin. Visit pumpkindonuts.com slash minutepod for a 15% discount on your next order today. Okay. Uh, so what I want to go over first is our uh, level of understanding of the thing that we're watching. Paul, what's your level of understanding? Pretty much zero. Um, I recognize the clothes that the stuntmen are wearing is vaguely maybe 90s um god i'm forgetting the word power rangers-esque but no idea about the show i mean i assume it's from that period but that's all i've got yeah you're a little bit younger than me so like maybe this i mean like there has been a power rangers since basically you know my youth all the way to today so i feel like you know that that matters a lot less but speci- I was hit hard by the like the Saban Sentai like craze of the mid '90s, and mm-hmm. uh, so I recognize this as the Common Rider show, or you know, the Japanese uh, like source material of it. Uh, however, I believe this is I believe this is like at least early 2000s because the production value seems infinitely better than what I remember from the show that I watched as a kid, which, again, has absolutely nothing to do with what we're watching, because it's just... They they used to take the Japanese shows, the Japanese Sentai shows, and then cut them up, and then put them together as, like, a very American version of it. Uh, So, I know probably nothing about what we're watching, but I know enough to look at them and be like... Yeah, I remember something like this. Okay, so we're in a relatively similar place then. Yeah, probably. Not that it matters too much for this clip, uh, I don't think. No. Back- backstory <laughs> is not something we have. No, nothing. Right. Well, let's... um, Just to, to set the scene very quickly, uh, w- we open on to a woman in a very dirty white dress in a canyon of some sort, and that's where the scene starts. John, should we do an adapted version of the script for a reading this week? Yes, uh, I believe so. Uh, the, the You'll see in a moment why this is a difficult script reading, but, uh, mm. but yeah, let's, let's, let's pop into it. All right, so. Okay. 
Final vent. That's pretty much what <laughs> happened. I think that yeah. sums it up. Yep. All right. It's a minute w- without an awful lot of exposition. Uh, so, was... John, I'll see you next week. Yep, next for week. episode uh, 10. Thank you, Garrett, for yep. uh, suggesting this clip. Yep. Uh, if you well, want to support maybe, us. Maybe we should talk through a little bit of what was happening in the background. I think it was uh, pretty clear, but there's yeah. some nuances. I mean, I definitely... Wait, I didn't make any Godzilla sounds, did I? That's No, I guess that's... Damn. I will wow. let, let's let's walk through it a little bit. Not a full play by play, but uh, as I said before, it, it opens on a woman in a very dirty white dress standing in a canyon, right? Yes. So initially, I'm struck by two questions. First, you know, is that a wedding dress? Because this does not look like a traditional wedding venue. No. Right. Would you? I mean, would you consider a canyon wedding, John? It looks like a spring canyon wedding. I mean, it it looks like. It looks like it's a bombing test facility. Is what it looks like maybe that's because of the context mm-hmm. I have later in this. But but I I did sort of get like a this looks like a bombed out crap hole that 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 this woman is standing in the middle of. I don't know why she's standing. She's is she, does she get up from the ground? I forget. Like she it, it, she stands up, but then sort of um, falls over and then seems to stand up again at the end. I think. <laughs> Yes, there is. She goes through a very long journey of standing in the same place the entire time. True, true. All right. So this woman stands up uh, from crouching, I guess, and mm-hmm. a bomb goes off behind her. Uh, and, and then least, another one goes off in front of her almost yes, immediately after almost that. Almost immediately, yes. Uh, and, and so, like, there's just bomb. Just assume that while we're talking about this, bombs are just going off the entire time. Because, like... That is what's happening. Yeah. And Jen, so something about these first two explosions, I think, does set the tone for the entire rest of the clip for me, okay. which is that the, the first explosion that we see is incredibly flame heavy, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just, just a big orange fireball. The second Absolutely. explosion that we see is almost entirely like dust, as if an airbag's gone off underground and just sent <laughs> sand up into the air, which for me, is just wildly inconsistent. I'm assuming two different weapon types, perhaps two different people shooting at her, near her, maybe we don't know, but just that level of inconsistency, or I think, the really carries just wouldn't throughout. let them blow up a bomb between her and the camera. I mean, that's probably true. But, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a peek behind the curtain. We don't need to get into wild speculation. Yeah, wild speculation. All right, so so then this uh, robot guy pops a wheelie on a on a motorcycle. Oh, so like the, the camera cuts to this guy. Popping a wheelie on a motorcycle, seemingly driving towards her. I'm very confused by the movement of everyone in this show. Like, everyone yes. seems to be going the same direction, and yet they all seem to come from different places. So it's it's be, it's very confusing. It's very, like, comic booky in the sense that, like, you don't need to think about where people are going. But then they obviously go past this woman, or, like, near this or towards this woman. Like, it looks like they're attacking yeah. her. Directionality is really directionality is really not clear in this scene. No, at no, all. Not. So let's get into some of these uh, some of these guys because right after the robot guy pops a wheelie, mm-hmm. uh, 
on his motorcycle. Then a robot, a bipedal robot made entirely of motorcycle exhaust pipes and wheels, then comes on, and he's shooting bombs all over the place, but they look different than the bombs that were exploding behind the, the woman. In fact, we don't do, even they... see these explode. We just see these, like, go off. We see them sort of sent off. And, John, for, for me, this particular robot tank thing uh, is very reminiscent of those sort of spidery farm implements that you might see, like, driving through a cornfield so that they can go... Um... Do, you, do, you, do you know what I mean? You're from yeah, Western yeah, yeah, Maryland. Yeah. Do, you think, do, you think, do you think that's what he's doing? Like, you know, this I, is I, a pretty... This seems like a pretty cruddy environment. Maybe Maybe he's trying to, like... Maybe he's just Seed farming, actually. Maybe, yeah, yeah, maybe he's just there. Wrong place at the wrong time. Exactly. Yeah. I remember the first time I saw one of those uh, was actually driving on a road coming the uh-huh. other direction from me, and I had no idea what the fuck it was. <laughs> I was like, oh, God, it's some sort of alien invasion. It does uh, look it turns like one out of those things. Farm equipment. Yeah, farm equipment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not aliens, farm equipment. True, just like true. most things. Almost everything in Western Maryland, in fact. Not yeah. aliens, farm equipment. Farm equipment. All right, so then we have a ton of other robot-looking guys, <clears throat> and they're running around. They've got, like, big eyes, and, like, they're obviously guys in suits, but I don't want to presume that they're human or not well, it's, human. It's, it's true, but in this first clip with the first large group of guys we see is entirely CG. Yes, and they are all from, like, not the correct perspective that the camera is actually looking. It's so a they're just, they're just running... And but it looks like they're running on like a ground that's a sl- slightly more askew than what the camera is, um, yeah, some like early Lord of the Rings sort of stuff going on here. And, and you said this was from the the two thousands, you thought? Yeah, so so it makes that sense. works out with CG of that quality. It's like it's not that bad, but it's clearly from a yeah. lowish budget show. Exactly. Like I feel like like you know Canadian TV sci fi shows can do a lot better now. That's true. Uh, and of course, I have no idea about Japanese Sentai shows. I don't. I don't really watch them that often. You haven't kept um, up. No, I have not. I've not kept up. No, not since Beetleborgs. Uh, um, well, it's, it's hard to compete with Beetleborgs. If we're yeah, gonna be real. Exactly. Um, so ne- next on screen, the next uh, robots I have on my notes anyway are two large dragons just flying. Yes, two large metal dragons. True. Uh, Shooting lasers. Yeah, made out of the same uh, robot stuff that everyone else is. They are shooting lasers, and then almost immediately blasted with bombs. Yeah, almost uh, instantly they die. Yeah, and they die in a dirt ravine. Or is it water? Like, there does seem to be a body of water here. Um, there seems to be a small amount of water, but most of these people are falling onto just dirt. So I'm yes. not... I guess there's a pond inside this ravine? Why not? Uh, yeah. Maybe it's just a giant cesspool. Um, <laughs> fits True. the environment. True. So then, like, a cadre of three motorcycling robot dudes uh, pulls up on screen. Each mm-hmm. robot-bike pairing is stylistically similar but visually distinct. Uh, in so, in like, a way that's very interesting. Yes. Like, I like the guy with, like, the big yellow horns on his head versus, like, the guy who just looks like, I don't know, regular robot guy. Well, you know, the first thing I noticed about these uh, three motorcycles in particular... Well, two things. First... Uh, the first one has a large appendage on the front of his motorcycle. Yes, the which, the, the killing spike. The killing spike. To me, it was very evocative of the dildozer from uh, Idiocracy. If you remember that, <laughs> I do remember that. I yeah. I didn't go there in my mind, but now now it certainly does. Yeah, it's it's the first place I went. Uh, but but in addition, the 
different types of motorcycles that you're seeing throughout these shots, the inconsistency there. I mean, you have a dirt bike or two, you have a couple of road cruisers, Mm -hmm. some things which cross rocket is the only way I can think to describe them. Probably. Makes makes me wonder, are these just the bikes that the stuntmen like already owned? (laughs) I do. I do like the idea of uh, you get hired as a stunt guy and you go Mm -hmm. in like, do you have a bike? And and you get like, of course I have a bike. All right, bring it in. We're going to stick a bunch of shit on it. I mean, basically. I mean, it's nice that. They did a good job of making the bikes match the costumes of the actual stuntmen, so yeah, that's pretty that's, well done. I think like the costuming and bike pairing is my favorite part of this. Because some of them are like the weird like bipedal motorcycle guys is a bit weird. A little bit, yeah. But uh but he still matches the weird buggy helmet that the guy is wearing while driving the giant walking bipedal motorcycle yeah i don't know it's just uh it's just fun i like how all of the vehicles seem to thematically match whoever is driving them as we'll see as we'll see later on this goes a bit off kilter well it does and it's incredibly interesting in that you can imagine every one of these people has a real backstory yeah the level of detail that's in their costuming Uh, on the other hand they're all dead so (laughs) yeah no they die at the end of this clip so i I like we can get into this later uh, after our, our our brief summary, uh. But like I think that that has something to do with what what I think is going on. Oh, okay. Let's uh circle back to that. Yeah. But so the, the the next group that arrives on this, I don't know if it's a battle or a massacre of some kind. Uh, yeah. Appears to be the, the air force. Yes. Uh. So there's a Godzilla scream, like straight mm-hmm. up, like you know the. <laughs> sort of Godzilla screen off camera. The woman looks up and in the sky she sees uh like a hundred winged robot dudes mm-hmm. and they start to just explode <laughs> because because nobody here is apparently able to I mean some people shoot off lasers, but they don't go anywhere because of course we have no idea what is blowing them up yet. Like I still yeah. technically don't know. Like spoiler I, I really alert. have no idea still. I mean and, yeah. and at this point in the scene in my notes I have just a big note that I have no idea who is shooting who. Yeah. No, no. I don't know if these guys are killing each other or if they're being killed by one thing. Uh, I mean, I have I have some guesses. Uh, yeah, we've, but, we've got theories we can yeah. circle back to. So then behind all of these like robot wasp guys, uh, mm-hmm. we've got this giant box-shaped dragon. And this is like a real legit dragon. This isn't a robot yeah. dragon. This Pretty is a, real, a for real dragon. Yep. Unlike those other robot dragons, this is the 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 Godzilla to their Mecha Godzilla, so to speak, and he's the one making mm-hmm. this Godzilla this ripoff Godzilla sound, and he has a castle on his back. He does, yes, which is intense. He's also got like more Sentai guys, like all just like crawling all over him, shooting lasers around, and instantly again, just like the other dragons, uh, blown out of the sky. And True. crashes into a mountain that just seems to fold underneath him like a piece of cutout cardboard. Yeah, it's it's interesting that they don't go for any type of explosion or real crash effect. They're more no. of a, a crumpling. Because immediately as that happened, another robot emerges from his corpse. It looks like, and and he looks like, like I don't know. He looks like the most stereotypical like nineties yeah. robot, right? There, there's two things about him for for me. The first is that he he does look like a big maybe a Mega Man villain, just yeah. sort of like your your basic 
robot unit. But the sound effects that they went with with this guy <laughs> are mind blowing. It's like Mario's jumping sound effect. <laughs> exactly. Um, well, uh, but maybe luckily, that explains maybe that explains yeah. how he gets up on the cliff that he eventually is bombed off of before dying. <laughs> like, oh, I guess he he, he could have just Mario'd his way up there. Yeah, yeah. that's true. We just but you, know. you're right. He he also does die almost yeah. instantly, which is great. No, no, he he's actually lives a, a rather long period of time, or rather like does something off screen yeah. for a bit and then dies. Then comes back and dies like probably ten seconds later. Ten, but ten seconds later for this yeah. show. That that's longevity. Yeah, yeah, that is that is staying power. He's obviously one of the more powerful ones. Yeah. Um. So two more robot bug people jump from off the screen, just from the sky, uh, yep. and start running towards the woman with swords drawn. Which makes me think like they're attacking her. But again, like it cuts to a robot man shaking maracas as bombs destroy him, True. and then a massive motorcycle. So we have no idea what's happening with this woman. Like we just see this woman standing there as these guys are running around her. And then eventually a train swoops in from the sky. It's got bullhorns on it. it. It literally swoops from the sky because it is laying down, magically laying down tracks in front of itself. Which is pretty cool, if also it, real dumb. It's super cool. That's, well, when, it's, the it's words, also the, that's when the yeah. words final vent appear on screen. And my theory there is, yeah, my theory is that that character's name is final vent. I mean, which maybe. Which doesn't make a lot of sense, but... Why it it felt like an introduction of an important character. He's swooping and he's like, oh, I am final event. Oh, I've been killed instantly. <laughs> he does get blown up a second later. Although sure. I do want to I do want to concentrate on the design of the awesome bullhorned flying train. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then also the guy riding it who's just standing like arms akimbo, like shooting lasers off of it while standing there with his own like bullhorned robot physique. Like yeah, I feel like, I feel like that was a little bit Dallas meets Tokyo. Yeah, he was he was badass. I I love this character. I want to know his good. story. I want to know more well, about well, this guy. It's too late, John. He's dead. Yeah, and also a second later, another flying train swoops in and then dies even faster death. Um, and this one just looks like a regular train. I didn't even see if there was a guy riding it. I don't think there was. I think it was just a train. Yeah. So there's a woman standing around, stuff blowing up again. Uh oh, this is when the like. 90s robot with the robot uh, with the mario sounds mm-hmm. gets blown off of a mountain and into a body of water again the water True. or the cesspool which we've never seen the body of water before yeah. and then comes like the 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 uh emotional impact okay a crane shot mm, yep. from above the woman as we behold the devastation of all of the dead robot bug guys and uh they get bombed twice like all of them all of the corpses just explode um, yep. I don't know if this is their corpses exploding because they're like made out of volatile alien technology or something, or if it's like they are being bombed again, they're just because their corpses are like uh, just to make sure, you know, just go I think on. They were being rebombed for dramatic effect, but more drama is not something that was really needed. No, not really needed for this. Uh, and then then we come to it, Paul. We come to what I think is possibly the source of all of these bombs, but I'm not really sure. Uh, mm. We cut to like the dust is settling. The woman, uh, we're looking over the woman's shoulder as she watches this glowing uh, robot dude with like a bug helmet again, mm. uh, and he is glowing and floating like like a Goku motherfucker. And 
and we pan up close to his helmet, which is almost entirely in silhouette, so we have no idea what this guy looks like. Not sure about anything about him. Yeah, except for his belt. For some reason, all of him is in total, like, near total silhouette. Like, we're talking, like, 90% eclipse sort of thing. True. And then and then we've got his belt here, which we see in perfect detail. Which so I the think belt's important. The belt does seem important, and it's got a big old red orb in the center of it. And then a close-up shot of the woman. She says, "Decade." And then, and then it just then the clip ends, and we're and we're left holding the bag. What happened? Like, is this a good thing? Were these bad guys that were destroyed? I feel like not, because some of them have like catchphrases and stuff. What do you think happened, Paul? Well, but but before I get to that, okay, I'd I'd like to quickly just review the four key characters. Okay, for the listeners at home. Uh, First, we have the woman in white. Yes. We have Final Vent, the train conductor, yeah. slash Mad Texan millionaire. Or not, Pro- oh, God, I hope so. We have Decade. Decade. And then we also have every stuntman in Japan. Yes. Every, <laughs> they're all one they, character. Yep. Uh, which I like that it's simple in its character structure. Yes. <laughs> I'm not as crazy about the... Uh, well, anyway, we'll get we'll get to... Things we like and don't like in the okay. recommendations portion, but you asked me, John, how how did how do I think we got here? Yeah, how do we get here? God, I think that this woman in white is more of a an innocent bystander than anything else. Okay. She seems to be somewhat surprised that she's showing up in this ravine. So I'm thinking it's probably not a wedding dress, although that would be great for drama. I think she was just kidnapped from some location, woke up here in the middle of a battle between Decade and everyone else. Okay. I don't know if Decade's the good guy or the bad guy. Uh, I'm guessing he's the bad guy because he killed everyone else. And this he's is glowing the opening. green, and everybody knows green's an evil color. Green, it's not a good color, on, the, on this guy at least. No. Not it's a not good his color. color. Yeah. So I, I feel like I actually... I don't have enough information to really even come up with a theory about how we got here. Can can I can I say my theory? Please do so, because so, mine is just shit. Uh, yours uh, yours is pretty much what mine is. Like that's one of them. I have I have one other one, and this is okay. this was while I was watching it a second time. I was saying to myself, she does not move the entire time she's doing this. True. Which to me speaks that maybe this is a vision. Like, maybe Ooh. this is the prep for this thing that's, like, a vision of the war to come if she doesn't, like, change something, right? Interesting. Because, because she doesn't move, nobody interacts with her, nobody seems to care that she's there. I feel like if she's this important, like, people there would care. So this feels like, like, like a, like a, I don't know, like a Matrix vision sort of thing where, like, she's being shown what, huh. what'll happen or something like that. Uh, but of course, nobody like stereotypically runs through her only to for her to realize that she's just like not True. real or something, which feels like something that you have to do. Uh, and and in, in addition to that, th- there are there's at least one explosion, which is sort of a ring around her. Yeah, exactly. It makes me think she's there in corporeal form. It but... does. It does. And she does seem uh, appropriately freaked out. But of course, True. like seeing all of her friends uh dying around her also might not be a great thing um okay but but here's the thing like that doesn't really help me know where this is going but i want to know like where do you think this goes next like is she also like if this is power rangers like Mm -hmm. 
is she, does she have like uh, a Power Ranger coin to like put in her morpher to turn into another uh Bamantist person? Or is she just Wait, a, was that a sentence? I don't even understand. Is she, is she just a normie? Like does so, she have yeah, superpowers? My, my theory um is based off of two pieces of information. Okay. First, that the title of this clip is um Decade War Opening. Yeah. So I think this is, you know, the opening scene. Uh and she shows almost no initiative or agency of her own during this clip. Which yeah. makes you you know, she's stationary. Yeah. Makes me think she's entirely a bystander and a normie. I think that Decade probably is going to take her hostage. Mm. And the remainder of the show is going to be all of the B-list heroes who didn't make it into this opening attack against Decade trying to save her. So my theory is this is a show of Decade versus the heroes, except all the good heroes are dead. Uh, To be fair, that's probably a very 2017 thought about what the show structure should be that feels Uh, like a very modern thing. I would would argue very differently, Paul, because if this was an early 2000s thing, then that Mm -hmm. means that the movie... uh, mystery men has already been filmed and inflicted upon audiences across the united states i'm kidding i love that film that's a fair point actually film paul a film which has that exact premise yeah like all uh, like the this the actual superman character is kept prisoner by the supervillain and then the crappy superheroes have to go and rescue him so so this this does sound like a like a pretty good guess actually like that i f- I feel like that wouldn't be the worst plot uh, it sounds like a pretty actually fun plot in comparison to I just thought like like <laughs> you know this just happens like like, like that's kind of what i because having grown up on these shows, I also know how disappointing they are to watch now like i don't know how much I of that see. was yeah. the sabin stuff or if like the japanese equivalents have like a better plotting but a lot of it is just like oh there's a guy now he destroyed us once we get better and then win the next time so like yeah, and that's my I, I disappointing you- guess <laughs> Yeah, I think your theory is probably more likely to be true, though. Um, based on my, I mean, my recollection of Power Rangers alone is that the plots were never compelling. If it has any bearing here, then this plot probably is not going to be very clever. It's probably just going to be most of the or some of the heroes we've met haven't actually died yet, and final vent's going to come back for a showdown with Decator, something like that. Yeah, or oh God, I hope final vent comes back. He's my favorite. Yeah, uh, of, of the four characters so far, definitely my favorite. Definitely of the four characters, including all of the stuntmen in Japan. Every um, one of them. So, I, I think I, I think I have another one, which is basically that uh, this could be also a reboot. Oh, interesting. Like, yeah. Like, maybe this is the Kamen Rider series being like, we got all these guys. This is ridiculous. We can't keep employing all of these stuntmen. Mm-hmm. Like, this is exponentially more expensive than what we originally wanted. And then they just kill them all off. Yeah, I, th- I think that is very plausible. If they were rebooting the series, this could be a good fan service moment where they're bringing in a lot of recognizable characters to get everyone excited. 
but then really hitting the hard reset. Yeah. yeah. And then and then you get new bikes, you get new zords or dragons, whatever whatever the equivalent of zords is here. Uh UFOs, I don't know. Um you know, I think that that's a solid theory and probably more likely than anything we've raised so far. And I really don't feel like I have enough information to even do uh attempt a summary of the show for the listener John, but did you have any ideas about what the show might really be about you said you have some background with common writer i mean i i think one of the things that i'm disappointed with uh is that one of my favorite characters is missing from this uh and well they have they have final vent yeah they do have I mean. final vent who's very important um but in the uh american show uh there was like a like buddy character hmm uh, so I'm just gonna Google this real quick. Makes good uh, radio, I'm sure. Uh, but he was like an Alf character. I completely forget his name. Oh, it was called Mast Rider in the U.S. That's what it was called. Huh. And Furbus. That's it. Furbus is an excellent sidekick name. Furbus is a furry bipedal alien with a beak that looks similar to Furby. <laughs> wow, they even say bad. that in the Wikipedia thing. Yeah. Totally love Furbus. Uh, totally miss him in this. Uh, I feel like it was a missed opportunity to grab me as a uh, longtime viewer, or or at least an older viewer. Uh, Do you know if if Furbus existed in the uh, Japanese versions, or maybe it was just added for the American audience? I would assume that it was added for the American audience. It's totally something uh, that some American uh, exec exec went like, no, you know what kids love? Alf. Alf. Yeah. Yep. Really <laughs> plays in Peoria. You know what? Kids love inserting children characters into their favorite things and then having those characters be horrifically annoying. That's what kids that makes love. It makes it relatable. Yeah. yeah. Also, they love Furbies. Which, well, which I mean, that's, the, that's true. At this point in time, when it was 1995 to 96, I think, I think that that's probably peak Furby time, right? Peak Furb, I yeah. would say so. Yeah. So anyway. Well, John, can... Can we recommend this for the listener, do you think? Uh, I think we can recommend this clip. I-, I can recommend this clip. I feel like it is a sensory experience that lasts a couple minutes. Sure. Um, but uh, in terms of the long haul, like, did you see how many characters were killed off in this? Like, I feel like it's not going to reward you for a long time viewing. That could definitely be true. Um, so is that, is that a soft recommend for the show and a recommendation for the clip, John? I think it's a not recommendation for the show and a recommendation yeah. for the clip. I, I'm in a similar boat, as was the case with um, WrestleMania last week. I think the clip is probably indicative of what you're getting into. <laughs> so uh, I recommend it. If the clip resonates with you, the show may as well. But if you're going back and re-watching or starting to watch Kamen Rider at this point, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know what that says. I'm probably not going to watch it, though. No. I mean, like, I, I kind of want to know who Decade is, or even if that is his name. We've just been assuming that this whole time. It could just be, like, the end of a sentence that she started two minutes and 30 seconds before this clip started, and, like, she just finishes it with the word Decade. Like, man, possible, this has actually. been a cruddy Decade. Final vent. Final vent. <laughs> this has been a cruddy Final Vent Decade. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, ho- hopefully we can rely on uh, the the listener base, get in touch with us on Twitter, and really tell us what the show is actually about, or if Final Vent and Decade are their names, because that's that's really all I want to know. Yeah, I want to know more about Final Vent. I'm just yeah, maybe I'm gonna Google 
best Final Vent episodes. I'm sure that was set. That's a buzz. I don't know what'll just turn on your safe search and we'll see what comes back. (laughs) That's true. All right. Well, I guess uh, another big thanks to Garrett for supplying us with whatever the hell this minute was. It was great. We had a good time. It was great. Uh, If you want to support the podcast, of course, you can review us on iTunes or wherever fine podcasts are downloaded. Reach out to us at theminutepodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at MinutePod or look us up on Facebook. As always, this episode was hosted by John Ward and Paul Reberg. Said my name right that time. Produced by John Ward and with theme music by Paul Reberg. Thank you and we'll see you next week. See you next week. Holy crap, you made it to the end, we'll be back next week to do it all again. Until then, be well and be sure to take a minute. The Minute Podcast.